This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. And we are here. Gabrielle Stone, welcome to Seeing Other People. What's up, girl? Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I am so excited to have you. I feel like I've followed so much of your journey from a distance and there's so much I admire about you and what you did with everything you've been through. I feel like even from a young age, you were dealt kind of a pretty traumatic deck of cards. Um, And some people would really let that get the best of them, but you've kind of turned it into this really empowering, inspiring story that has probably helped so many people. So thank you for doing that. And I'm curious, like, just kind of diving right in. Why do you think that is like, what about (laughs) you and and your everything like led that to happen? Um, I think I learned that lesson when I was very young. I grew up in Los Angeles with my mom and my dad. They were both in the industry at the time, my mom is an actress. She's best known for the mom and E.T. and Cujo and the Howling. And my dad was a really well-known actor as well and was also a director. And we had a pretty, like, normal life apart from the fact that they were in the industry. Like, someone was always at my dance recitals and my soccer games. Like, if one of them booked a job, the other one wouldn't book a job, which is, like, really hard to do in this industry. And we traveled a lot. If, if someone was on set for more than a week, the whole family went to go visit. Um, so I grew up in this really like loving, wonderful household. And that kind of all came to a screeching halt when I was six years old. And I walked in and found my dad dead on the floor from a heart attack. And my mom was across the world in New Zealand shooting a movie. I was at home with him and my nanny. And she had to fly home, which is like a 24 hour travel day. She was home for a week, got all of the affairs in order, had his celebration of life, took care of me, did all the legal paperwork that has to be done, put 
me and her and my nanny back on a plane and flew back to New Zealand to finish the film. And that was kind of my first example of like when shit explodes in your life, how to pick up and keep fucking going. Um, and it was a really great example for me, you know, how to be a badass when, when trauma hits. Cause it, it hits, man, it hits. <laughs> to think about that happening to a six year old, like I, I don't remember much before I was six. Like literally some of my first memories were when I was six. And like, to me, mm -hmm. the most traumatic thing as a six-year-old was moving from one school district to the next, even though they were 10 minutes away. Right. I, right. <laughs> like, it's so crazy the things that some people, you and, and so many other people have, like go through. And I guess you obviously don't realize at the time how it is going to impact you and shape you, but it absolutely does. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I can look back at my whole life and see how that first trauma and experience really shaped a lot of the things that I went through. Um, that was really my first subconscious belief that became instilled in me, which was when I love someone, they die, which manifested in the fear of abandonment. So my whole life, I was struggling with this fear of abandonment that was reinstilled when I was 18 and my high school sweetheart passed away in a car accident. And it was again, when I love someone, they die, fear of abandonment. So I, as an adult started attracting all of these people subconsciously, obviously that were going to play out this abandonment fear until I decided to like stop and look inward and be like, okay, this is a pattern. Like, why the fuck does this keep happening to me? And like, let's fix it. Because when there's a pattern that's going on in your life, you know, I get DMs from my readers and my listeners all the time saying, I keep getting cheated on. And like, why am I attracting these like assholes into my life and da, 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 da. And it's like, do you deserve that? No, of course not. But if there's a pattern happening within your life, there is something within you conscious or unconscious that is attracting that to try and get you to heal something. And it's not until you heal that, then you, you can start attracting different stuff in the future. So it was a big, big learning lesson for me and a big journey that that, that fear of abandonment took me on. Yeah, it, it's funny, the concept of people saying like, well, why do I keep attracting this type of person over and over? I remember saying to somebody I was dating at one point, and this was kind of my traumatic relationship experience, but... I was saying like, why are all these like things happening? Like, why are you, you making me feel this way? Why is this thing making me feel this way? And he's like, well, you have to realize a lot of like, there's a common denominator in all these situations and it's you. And it was like mm. the meanest thing that anybody could ever say to me in that yeah. moment. But it was true because right. I was allowing people to treat me poorly. It doesn't mean that there was right. anything wrong with me. It doesn't mean that I was doing something bad it's just the way that situations unfolded led me to allow and accept things that I never should have let happen yeah yeah and it's it's so it can be so frustrating when you're in the moment because it feels like all of these things are happening to you and so many people don't want to take the accountability and be like okay but like what's my part in this and it's not until you do that to like look within yourself and be like, what is unhealed within me that's attracting all of this bullshit um, that you can then start on that healing journey and rectify it to attract some better shit in the future. Yeah, totally. I apologize, by oh. the way, for just jumping right into like, dump, oh, let's, no, let's, talk, let's trauma dump. Let's like get it all out there right from the get go. <laughs> Girl, I've been to trauma tra town. I've gotten the t-shirt. Like I'm fucking no stranger from that. You know, yeah. like that's part of, part of life. It's a club. Is, like being able to heal from it, being able to like rehash it and talk about it. Cause that, that means you've healed, you know? So it's exactly, I, we trauma dump every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's get into the FML of it all. Yes. Obviously, there's the book Eat, Pray, FML. There's the podcast FML Talk. You also have a sequel, The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. Yes. Where did this all begin? Well, I like to say that Eat, Pray, FML kind of happened to me. I was working as an actress in LA, trying to like get my career going. 
was not a writer by any means. I mean, I could bullshit the hell out of an English essay, but that was probably the extent of my writing career at the time. And I was married for almost two years and found out my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months, among a lot of other extramarital affairs. And when I discovered all of this, I filed for divorce and left. Shortly after that, I met this pretty well-known Hollywood actor and just fell madly in love with each other. Like it was zero to 100, meet my family, I'm gonna have babies with this person, like we're done. And he invited me on a month long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me. And this man broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. Like I was fucking devastated. And I was sitting on my bed at my mother's house because that's where you move when you're 28 and you get divorced. Um, and just in a pool of tears and was like, all right, I can either stay at home heartbroken or I can go travel Europe for a month by myself. And my bag was already packed. So I took my backpack and I did six countries over the span of the month. And I wrote, eat, pray, fuck my life. <laughs> I have so many questions. I want to start <laughs> by asking... A, how did you meet your ex-husband? And B, how did you find out about this affair? So we met in a very weird way. And it's so funny when people ask me that because now that I look back on it, I'm like, that was kind of fucking stalkerish and like weird. <laughs> but, like, but at the time I was like, oh, it's so cute. He thinks I'm so wonderful. Um, oh my God, so tell we, me. Ran, we ran into each other at a nightclub in Agora Hills, which if you're not familiar with the Los Angeles area, like there should not be nightclubs in Agora Hills. Like it's very like suburban area. So that was like the first fucking red flag. Um, and yeah. he, you know, caught my eye at the club and then we ended up like me and my girlfriend's going over the table he was at and he came up to me and he was like, don't think this is weird, but is your name Gabrielle? And I was like, yeah, that fucking weirdo. Like, yes. Depends who's um, asking. Right, right. And so we didn't go to the same school, but I had taken like a, a night class for two months. Um, that was like, how old are you? Credit. How how old are you when you're meeting him? Uh, this must have been like 24, 24, 25, 24. Um, and so he had recognized me from a night school class. And he was like, Oh, I was in that, that night school class with you. And he was like, I, I remember when you lost your boyfriend, my high school sweetheart that passed, who was also in that night school class with me. He was like, I remember you posted something on MySpace, which gives you a, an idea of how fucking long ago oh this my was. God. Um, and I, I, I saved the thing you posted because it was so impactful to me. Hindsight, that's wow. fucking weird. You know, like that's a little strange um, to like say to someone on the first time meeting them but like for whatever reason also like, like oh, at wait. that time at the at, during the myspace time like how is he saving this like he's not screenshotting it right. like is he taking right. a picture on his flip phone and like referring back right. to it and then sending it from his flip phone to the next phone to the next phone or is he writing it down right. in his journal like or like copy and pasting it into his live journal like fucking weird right. okay it was just it was all weird it was all red flags Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across, and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. And he ended up um, that that night following me on Instagram and then messaging me on Facebook and like all the apps. And so like I, at the time, was like, oh, he's really, like, interested in pursuing me and da 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 Now, looking back, I'm like, that's fucking weird. Like, pump your brakes, bro. But <laughs> so we start dating, and we got engaged after eight months. He proposed to me, like, really extravagant oh. ring under a waterfall in Hawaii. Um, oh, wow. Were you ready? Of course. Well, I was, but, like, 
no. <laughs> now, like having been divorced and like married again, um, right. happily now, it's like, no, I was not ready at all, but it was very, you know, necessary for the journey that I was going on. Um, like you can look at my life as a blueprint and you're like, of course she had to go through all that shit. Cause look where she is now. And I would do it 10 times over. Um, so we were engaged after eight months and then we spent two years being engaged so that we weren't like rushing the whole process. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we met. And yeah, there were many red flags looking back on it that I rationalized because that's what we do. <laughs> that is definitely what we do. We rationalize, we make excuses, we pretend we don't see things. Yes. So you get married. We do. <laughs> and at some point you find out he's been having this affair. Yes. And I, it's so interesting because when I wrote the book initially, I was just going to be like, I was married. I got cheated on. I got divorced. And then all this shit happened because even so the, the divorce and the cheating is like the first two chapters of the book. But I remember vividly after I came home from my Europe trip, I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she's like, no, Gabrielle, you have to write about that shit. The way you found out was like an episode of CSI. Like, please. Oh my God, I need to. And I'm okay. so glad that I, I'm so glad I went back and wrote about it because there's so many women that have been through and men that have been through the yeah. same type of situation and they resonate and relate to that so much. Cause I turned into like, I missed my calling as a private detective. Like I just, I should, I could have had a career. <laughs> um, it's never too late. You know, I like, start a website, start helping people find their sleuthing husbands. Um, so I, it's, it's written about and detailed in the book, but more or less I, we had been having problems for quite some time. I didn't know why we were in therapy. I was working my ass off to like get us back to a good place. And he went on a work trip. I was in our office and um, an email popped up on his computer that was just sitting there open. Like I still till this day, couldn't tell you his email password. And it was an Uber receipt going from where he was supposed to be to a different city. And that was kind of like all it took for me to be like, I'm about to go through the trash email and just found like every receipt. And it just started unraveling like a fucking sweater. How did you feel? You know, I think because I had been so unhappy in my marriage for the past six to seven months, I just didn't know why. Um, it was almost I like, a, oh, this makes sense now. I mean, it made sense. It was still, no, I mean, it was still really shocking. And I went yeah. through a lot of emotions of like betrayal and rage. And like, how could you do this and disrespect my body um, after like we just got married? But right. I wasn't in love with him. I, I loved him. But because I was not in love with him, it made it so I wasn't heartbroken. I was just like incredibly angry. Did you know at the time that you weren't in love with him or did it take meeting Javier to figure that out? And we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a good question. And it did take meeting Javier. There's a moment in the book that I kind of like explain where that revelation happens. And... When I fell in love with Javier, it was like, oh, this is what it was supposed to be like. I, I never had this with my ex-husband. And I came to the realization that I married my ex-husband because he was safe. So I loved my dad and he died. I loved my high school sweetheart and he died. So then I married someone I wasn't fully in love with because subconsciously that meant I was protecting myself from another yeah. person dying on me, which makes no sense to your conscious brain. But I wasn't walking down the aisle. That's going, what we do. Really, I'm not right. really in love with this man. It's fine. Let's go. Like all of this was deeply, deeply subconscious, but yeah. And I, I'm really grateful for that because I can't imagine going through all the stuff I did go through and being like fully in love with this person. Yeah. I, the I heartbreak, totally understand. The heartbreak came, the heartbreak came after. Okay. It was like, let us serve this to you on a different platter, Gabrielle. <laughs> okay, so fast forward. Not fast forward, I think not that long, right? Yeah. You met Javier. Yeah, it was it was like two weeks after I left my house that Javier came into the picture. And for context, I had known about the affair for probably like two weeks before leaving the house. So like I knew I was getting divorced for the past like month. Yeah. And that was on top of being fucking miserable 
in my marriage for six to seven on top of that. But yes, it was rather quick. (laughs) How did this like explosive love story unfold? You know, it's so funny because I had gone on two dates with Javier before I ever met my ex-husband and he was the one person I had ever been successfully casual with. Like, wow, that's so interesting. Being casual with someone because like I was never capable of doing it except with him. So when he randomly like reached out to me, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go to like hang out with this hot Latin guy and like, you know, we'll go to a club and dance and make out like. Why not? Did he know? Did he know you had just left your ex-husband? No, I don't even think he knew that I had gotten married. Like it was very oh like, where have you been for the last six years? It's like, oh, fun story, bro. <laughs> Obviously, like when we went and hung out, I like downloaded him on all of that. But I went to that first like hangout with him, thinking like this will be a fun, casual, hot fling for me to like, because I was very set on being single for a long time after all of this um spoiler alert that did not happen (laughs) um i i don't have like a reasoning behind it it just both of us it was like zero to 100 like even his mom and his friends and family were like we've never seen him like this like this is wild it was like very like universally like oh of course I had to get divorced and get cheated on so that I could be free to meet this person because this is obviously my soulmate (laughs) like this was all this was the story the whole time it was already written I just had to keep turning the pages totally like this is the happy ending that we all thought my marriage was supposed to be yeah right until it wasn't spoiler alert it wasn't Um, no, it was not I mean obviously big picture the happy ending was me going on this journey by myself and writing this book that's now helping people all over the world. Um, I mean, it literally shifted my entire career and purpose on this planet. Um, and you know, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. Um, sometimes you can't see them until you have a little bit more perspective, but even with how heartbroken I was when he told me he had to go by himself. Um, cause I, I mean, I was devastated. Um, I knew and could see very clearly why it was happening. Like this was the universe's clear way of making me go face all of the abandonment fears head on and being like, okay, you've never been okay by yourself. You've always needed a man to like feel safe and worthy. You've never, you know, really healed this fear of abandonment. So you're going to go across the world by yourself and figure your shit out. Have fun. (laughs) How scared were you? Like, even now, even with my quote unquote life together, like, I'd be afraid to just go travel solo for a month, just like as a woman. No, yeah, it was terrifying. I mean, the only like thing I knew about hostels is that there was a horror movie about them and people get brutally murdered in that. And we've all seen taken. Um, So, yeah, I was fucking terrified. But, um, I think once I took the leap and decided that I was going to go and it really did help that I only had two days to wrap my head around that to like not try and invite a girlfriend or like figure out plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really like designed in the perfect way because w- solo travel is so special. Like I I've done two big solo trips now. My first was Europe and the Ypres FML trip. And then my second one's written about in the sequel. And that one was by choice. Um, and solo travel really gives you so many gifts. Like I rediscovered myself in a whole new way. I realized how fucking capable I am, how okay I am by myself, how much I actually like to be by myself. Um, it completely changed my life. I always urge people to like take the leap and do a solo trip at one point in your life. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. 
It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. I think that's so important, learning to be okay with yourself. And I mean, this whole concept of learning to love yourself it's really difficult to love yourself. You know, like we're our own worst enemies, we're our own biggest critics. We're stuck with us though for our entire lives. And it can be even more difficult like after a breakup or after, I mean, you had like two back-to-back kind of like heartbreaks in a row. And I feel like what happens in most situations when someone does get broken up with is, they question themselves and they doubt themselves and they're like, well, what did I do to deserve this? Like, what's wrong with me? And like, we internalize that as like, we did something wrong or like, there is something about us that is wrong. But Mm -hmm. if you take the time to really get to know yourself and to embrace who you are, you can actually turn that around and say like, okay, like I know who I am and what I deserve and what I want. And like, you know what, it's okay that that ended. And that wasn't, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. That doesn't mean that I'm broken. That just wasn't for me for the long term. and something else is. But in the meantime, I can go be with myself. Yeah. And like, what are the reasons why this had to happen the way that it did? Like I can look back at the deaths in my life, the divorces, the heartbreaks, like all the trauma that I've been through and be like, okay, I can, I can see the positives out of every single one of those situations. I can see how this losing this person shaped me into the person I am today and what lessons that taught me. It doesn't mean that it was like great to experience or that we would, right. wouldn't change it if we could. But like, if you look like a detective in your life, you can always find the things that you can take away from, you know, shitty situations. When people are like, how did you ever trust again? Like, I I never thought, you know, like, I don't want to be in another relationship. And I'm like, if there was ever a time for me to like close my heart off and be like, later, we're done, like no entry, sorry, goodbye. It would have been after, you know, I finding out my husband was cheating on me. Right. I've done that. I would have never been open to meeting Javier. I wouldn't have fallen in love. I wouldn't have gotten my heart broken, which I can assure you up until that point had not happened. Um, and I think that we all need to go through that at some point. I wouldn't have gone on this life-changing trip, healed a bunch of shit within myself, rediscovered myself as a human and have the career that I have now being able to help so many people and, and was able to put this book out. It, it all happened for such a big reason. And you just have to be able to look at what those reasons are and decide to like use them as ammo to move forward. Yeah. It's a lot easier to look back and have this hindsight and and say this now. How did you make sense of everything day to day when you were in Europe, when this was so fresh and you're trying to understand like why and how and, and what now? I met myself exactly where I was every single day. So there were days where I just wanted to sit wherever I was staying and cry and write. Cause I was obviously like, I decided I was going to write this book the day that I left. So I was writing a lot, uh, which was very therapeutic for me. So there were days where I would be in, you know, the hostel or the room that I was staying in and cry for like, hours on end and write for hours on end. And there were days where I wanted to go out and party and get drunk and meet people. And I would do that. You know, I would really authentically decide to meet myself wherever I was each day and allow that to be okay and not judge myself for that. I love that. And I think that is so important. And I love that you were open with your, with your whole world about that too. Like you were openly sharing that. And I think that that's so incredible because 
so many people don't see that side of other people's lives. And that's where we get caught up in thinking, well, everyone else is happy all the time. And like, everyone else is like fine and doing great. And like, that is literally not true at all. And that's something that I, I find myself like trying to encourage myself (laughs) to do. I mean, even this past week, I like, I have a huge fear of public speaking and I got this incredible opportunity to speak on stage at this huge conference. And I was like, okay, I don't want to just like pretend I showed up to this and it was awesome. And I had a great time when like the 72 hours leading up to it, I was literally having a mental breakdown and panic attack every single day, freaking out about it. So instead I like opened up to the seeing other people audience on Instagram and was like, guys, I'm freaking out. Like I don't know how to do this. Like I asked them for advice. And then I decided even like, cause I, I encourage people, like if you're feeling really nervous for a date or you're feeling really anxious, like you can tell the person like, yeah, I'm like really nervous right now. And that just humanizes you. So I was on the train heading to this conference yesterday and I decided like, you know what, instead of pretending like I got this, why don't I actually share with the audience that I have a fear of public speaking? Because my whole point was to talk about like human connection and how we can use social media and and use our platforms to do that. And I was like, I could go up here right now and, and act like I got this and like, I love doing this, but that wouldn't be real. What's real is that I'm terrified to be here. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think it's so important and I wish more, whatever you, I hate the fucking word influencers, but like influential people on, on social media would do that more often. When I left on my Europe trip, I thought I was just going to like delete the apps off my phone and just like take a break and be with myself and not show up on social media. And I posted a picture at the airport as like my kind of like final post, if you will, um, with my backpack and kind of like announced my divorce and was like saying what's actually going on. And now I'm like, going on this Europe trip by myself and da, 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 da. And for the two hours before I boarded the plane, I got hundreds and hundreds of messages about this gave me hope. This was so inspiring. Thank you for being so real. Please keep sharing your journey. So because of that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like continue to share throughout this process, but in an authentic way. So there are posts that are like, I am not mentally okay. I'm fucking dying today. Like, this is horrible. Um, Like really in my feels. And then there's posts where I'm out partying and like living it up and having the best time in my life. So I've continued since that to really hold true to that. And I think that's why I've built the type of community that I have with my readers and my my podcast listeners. Because like there are times, I mean, even like this last week, I was posting to, to like some of my, the close friends group that I have on my Patreon and was like, I'm like, I'll see you guys on Monday. Like I need to check out my mental health is not okay. Pregnancy hormones are fucking real. Like I need to like do a gypsy fade for a while guys. Um, and it's so important because if you're always just looking at this highlight reel of people's lives, it's like the amount of like, well, why isn't my life like that? Why am I right. not that happy? No one's that fucking happy. No one's that fucking no, happy all the time. Ever. Like, it's not true. Social media it's is so fucking toxic in that way. And I'm so glad that I, I ended up doing that because it did two things. It set the precedent for people knowing that I'm always going to be authentic and show up in a real way on my social media. And it allowed the whole trip to be documented. So now whenever people go and read the book, like every couple days, I'll see all of my Europe photos getting liked in a row. Love. It's and like a like, picture oh, book with it. Yeah. The book and following along. So it makes it like it's really so fun cool. in that aspect too. Were you nervous at all when writing this book, when putting all of this content out there on social media, that future people that you were going to meet and date maybe wouldn't want to be with you because of that it's it's almost like I hate the word baggage but you're like putting all your baggage out there for the world to see like was totally. that nerve-wracking at all because even normal people who don't go through divorce and get cheated on and have these experiences like I know so many people are so afraid to open up to someone new about their past relationships just because they're afraid of being judged and yeah. obviously you did this in a very public way it's such a good question. Um, and I don't know if I've ever been asked it in that 
context. Um, yes. I was nervous. I know you're like, yes, after the 200 <laughs> plus it. interviews she's done. <laughs> um, I was nervous about potentially being like slut shamed for certain things in the book. Um, my mom, when she read the first draft was like, are you sure you don't want to change your name or take out one of the men that you sleep with? And I was like, no mom, like this has to be like fully like real and raw and honest and people are going to relate. Um, so I had some nerves about that. I mean, they weren't bad enough nerves to where I wasn't going to release the book. Obviously it, it was, you know, I knew that this was like something that needed to be done. Um, but I don't know if I ever sat there and was like, oh God, this is going to make men like run the other fucking way. I've had that thought now, like, oh my God, if I ever like was not in the relationship that I'm in now, like, can you imagine me trying to go date and sitting down across the table from someone and being like, so tell me about your story. And I'm like, have you Googled me? Because like you, you've probably gone down a fucking wormhole if you have, um, so that would be a lot. Thankfully, the relationship that I'm in now, um, happily married and um, we have a baby on the way. Um, he actually was the first person to read Eat, Pray, FML in its like raw vomit draft form. And wow. we were like just building a friendship at the time. Or so I How thought. did you meet? Um um it's written about in the sequel so our whole relationship was like on again off again and like a bit he came into my life when I was super fucked up and not healed um which is why it's so sweet to see like my followers kind of experience like the engagement and the wedding and the baby with us because they all feel like they know him from reading the sequel because it was not an easy road to get to the happily ever after. I will tell you that, like you might know the ending, but I guarantee you like the shocking shit that happens to get there is ridiculous. Um, And we met 10 years ago on a film set. We were acting in a film together and he was with his uh, partner at the time. I I was with my college sweetheart and we were like really connected as like friends, but that was it. And we just like stayed connected on, Facebook and it was like congratulations on the birth of your child congratulations on your wedding like shit like that um Mm -hmm. and then he got divorced I got divorced um and we like randomly ran into each other when I came back from my Europe trip but so he was reading this book and really had like a fucking outline and play-by-play of all my trauma and like was like okay so these are her triggers these are what we don't fuck with like you know and so it was a wild experience for him to kind of like have this roadmap into the woman that he was courting. But like, if I ever had to go back into the dating world now, like I can't even imagine, like there's too much on the internet at this point that like people would just deep dive and be like, whoa. (laughs) Do you think there was something different with him? Was it that like he was different or was it that now you were different that made it work versus your past relationships? I think both. I think he's just, uh, he's an impeccable human. Um, and like so many people would attest to that. Um, not just because I love him and I was now able to attract people who were not going to abandon me because I went and fixed my shit. So both. Yeah. I think that's so important because it really shows like how important timing is, how important doing like self work is and growing and just taking the time to figure your shit out. Because I mean, there are relationships that I was in in the past where I at the time was like, Oh, like this is it. Like this has to be the, my person. Like, first of all, like we weren't even in a real relationship. I was not Mm. being, I wasn't being treated well. Like this person was, did not have their life together. I didn't have my life together. And like, it never would have worked. And like, even now with Jake, my fiance, we always say like, had we met even six months before, we probably wouldn't be together now because we weren't ready for each other. Yeah. No, and that's so true. I, you know, I've done podcast episodes with, with my husband and people have asked, you know, about the second book and was it difficult because there's stuff 
Eat, Pray, FML was like, there's nothing in that book that I'm embarrassed about or ashamed about. Like, yes, I have a one night stand, like, so soon me, I learned some shit from it, whatever. Um, but there's stuff in the sequel that like, I really like deeply feel bad about because I was working through a lot of shit and like, it wasn't like he came into my life and I was like, Oh great. Knight in shining armor. Let's ride off into the sunset. I fought, I fought that healthy love for a very long time. Um, and it, you know, having to go back and relive all that to write it in an authentic way was really difficult. Um, I'll never forget like being in our house and like walking in and being like, I need you to sit down and read this book so you can tell me if there's anything that like you're uncomfortable with and like him fucking pacing through our house reading about you know me with other people and like all of this yeah. stuff that like he knew about like he he knew about all of the things that had happened but reading it in like descriptive detail is obviously very yeah. different um it's like so we all we really know difficult. that everyone has a past like we know the person we're dating has a past and has been with people before but like most 99.999% of the world doesn't have to read about it in very vivid detail. Graphic detail. Yeah. <laughs> and like get all um, so, of your inner thoughts. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it was, re- and, uh, and reading about himself, you know, like yeah. that he, of situations he was involved in and like, he's reading about an ex that like he knows, you know, like it's, it, it was yeah. very complicated and very tricky and we made it through that. And, you know, when we look back on it and reflect on it, we're like, we wouldn't be the couple that we are now today in this healthy relationship if we wouldn't have done the back and forth and gone through all the bullshit that we did. We had to go through all of that to be the people in the relationship that we are now. So it yeah. it all it all was worth it. There's one concept that I've heard you talk about that I love that I really want you to share and that is this concept of the thought onion yeah <laughs> tell so everyone what onion. it is because I just think it's so helpful yeah the thought onion is my kind of technique of looking at your thoughts and your reactions and your feelings and figuring out what's underneath them and what's causing them and really what's at the core of them so that you can begin to heal and have different thoughts or feelings or reactions in the future. So you look at it like an onion. I always said I was going to change the name of this because when I came up with it in Europe, I was like, this is so stupid. It's like too on the nose. And then I just kept writing it and writing it. I was like, well, it's not changing, whatever. Um, So you look at it like an onion. The first layer is the superficial thought. And that's kind of your first like knee jerk reaction when something happens. And it's oftentimes superficial. Um, Because it's our conscious brain having that immediate knee-jerk reaction. And when you take a step back and peel that layer back, you get to the authentic thought. And that's kind of the fear or ouch spot that kind of is triggered that's bringing up that superficial thought in the first place. So like what's a little bit deeper? Where is that coming from? Like what emotion is prompting that? And then when you take a step back and peel that back, you get to the subconscious thought. And that's where the real like meat and potatoes is because those are like usually long stemming traumas or subconscious beliefs or like things that have been with you for some fucking a long time. And when you can figure out what the subconscious thought is, you can start to redirect that, heal that, be aware of that to then have different thoughts or reactions in the future. I'm about to jump out of my skin because <laughs> I hearing hearing you explain it again. Maybe I think I may have just uncovered something. Back to my fear of speaking. Share, for, share, share. For, for the last week, I've been trying to like reason with myself, being like, okay, every time you do a public speaking thing, you freak out for like a week before, and then it happens it goes great. You're like on a high after you're like, okay, I can do this again. And then the next time you sign up to do something like this, you panic. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens again and again. And every time Mm -hmm. it goes fine. So what is the problem? So the last few days I was trying to reason with myself being okay, Alana, like, why, like, why do you feel this anxious about it? I don't know. Cause it's scary. Why is it scary? Because it is like, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Nothing. Mm -hmm. I just realized when I was in high school, I gave a presentation to my chem class 
And I got mm-hmm. up there in front of the classroom and I completely froze, burst out laughing, then started hysterically crying and then ran out of the room. Yep. And I think that is why, <laughs> like, I just remembered this and that might be why I'm afraid of it. Oh, totally. So it's so interesting that you bring this up because I too have a fear of public speaking. Um, I get like oddly nervous. My body does like weird things, which when I was going into audition as an actress, like is like so detrimental to like trying to go in and do a good job. And I was like, what the fuck is this about? And when I started tracing it back, when I lost my high school sweetheart, I went and spoke at his funeral. And when I got up to speak in front of everyone, my whole fucking body shut down. My throat closed up. I could barely get the words out through my tears. And it was a sense memory that whenever I get up in front of an audience now or in a high pressure situation, I went straight back to that moment. And people, people that are listening, if they're like, okay, cool. I've gone back. Like I get where that moment was. How do I then fix it? This is getting into some more like, you know, we've done like episodes of this on my podcast, but it's called going back to your little child and doing work with them. So like, how old were you when you went to your chem class and like that happened? What age were you? Probably like 14. Okay. So when you get quiet with yourself, you go back and in your mind's eye, you envision that you're talking to your 14 year old Alana and you're like, look, dude, I know that like, I know that this was traumatic. I know that this sucked and was really embarrassing, but like, it was a learning lesson and we don't have to live like that anymore and you're okay and I support you and I've got your back anytime we go up there so we can let this go and it's going to be okay and da 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 and you literally talk yourself through that so like if you were six years old at your trauma you go back and talk to your six-year-old self. I really wish we had this conversation a week ago (laughs) but now you know what like this is so good to talk about at any point because now maybe I can actually like do that work with yeah. little Alana. and then next time I'm curious I'm actually very curious to see what happens next time if it's- oh, you'll have to let me know <laughs> I, need, I need an update <laughs> well okay wow thought onion doing all of the work today I love it love it <laughs> final question for you and this is my favorite question to ask what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received or have to give Um, it would be from my mom and it would be keep your heart open. Um, and again, it's circling back to being scared to take that leap and get hurt again and be in a relationship. And regardless of what happens and what the outcome is, if you put yourself out there and you take that chance, you're either going to end up wildly in love and super happy or devastated and heartbroken, but either of those outcomes is going to shape you and teach you something to become the better version of yourself. That's then going to attract whatever you do want into your life. So the heartbreak is worth it. The happiness is worth it. Like keep your heart open. I love that so much. And I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Gabrielle, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you, your podcast, the books, and anything else you want them to know about? You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, the books are exclusively on Amazon. The first is Eat, Pray, FML. The sequel is The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. You can also get both of them signed by me on my website, which is eatprayfml.com. I also have a journal called Fuck Off, I'm Healing, which is like a step-by-step guide to really walk you through unraveling some of the trauma and bullshit that you go through in your life. Um, not only heartbreak related, like every healing aspect, the thought onions in there, some other techniques are in there. Um, and it prompts you to really like ask some good questions on your healing journey. And then the podcast is FML talk. It airs every Wednesday and uh, I'm on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone amazing. I will have all of that linked in the show notes. You guys can find it. This has been so, so incredible. Thank you again so much for being here. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you guys for listening. Love you all. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.